Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss how not to get someone's attention in the first email, an in-depth review of net promoter score, and when your phone is listening to the people around you. Soliciting, scoring, and scaring. Oh, my. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty-gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Welcome back, friends, loyal listeners, for Season 9 of The Experience, this show. Man, am I happy to be back, Joey. I missed your voice. How you doing, man? I am doing great. I missed you as well. And welcome back to all of our loyal listeners, as well as those who have decided to start the new year off right by listening to the experience of this show. We're excited to have you join us. We definitely are. And it is hard to believe that we are in season nine. We got 150 episodes in the can. So if it is your first time, you know, feel free to go back and binge listen to uh, 150 more. It is incredible. I can't believe we're still doing this. But man, as long as we continue to have great customer experience stories, I think we're going to keep doing it. I agree. And thanks to all of our listeners who will be sending in their customer experience stories this season. We look forward to featuring those. You know, we, as a general rule, have always taken the month of January off to do a little winter hiatus of sorts. And I thought we'd start off season nine by me asking you, Dan, what was the best experience that you had during the holiday hiatus? Well, actually, it happened while I was in the beautiful island of Jamaica, and we had to... There's nothing that says holidays when you live in Chicago than leaving to go to Jamaica. I'm telling you, man, I've never been to a place before where every single day it's 84 degrees in the daytime, 75 degrees at night. It is absolutely perfect every day. But So it was a wonderful trip, but the experience that I had actually had to do with getting our COVID tests in order to return back to the United States. And they had a COVID test uh, room on on the resort property. And we went and got our tests. And I got my result emailed to me and my kids' results were nowhere to be found. And we're leaving the next day and time's a ticking. It's getting to be the end of the day. And so I go back to this room and they're basically like, well, there's nothing we can do. We sent it to the lab. Okay. So I go to the website of the lab and right on the website, it says, if you need help, here's our WhatsApp number. It's like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. I've never actually had any customer service through WhatsApp before, but I pulled up WhatsApp. I put in the number. I said, hey, just got my test. I've received mine. Haven't gotten my kids. 
in three minutes back, I got a response saying, Oh, we're so sorry about that. Let me get right on that for you. And within 10 minutes, I had both of them in my email box. Nice. And I was like, Man, I wish customer service was this good everywhere. Like, that it was is incredible. impressive. That is impressive. I love it. You know, talk about taking something that uh, obviously could have been a high stress, high tight deadline scenario and delivering that personalized service in a way that, even though it was, as you mentioned, an unfamiliar platform for you for customer experience or customer service, uh, something that you were willing to try. And I got to imagine they recognize that a significant percentage of the people, that are getting tested don't have local phone numbers. So giving the WhatsApp so that people can dial in over Wi-Fi and connect that way, I think is brilliant. Yeah, that's really smart. Really smart. How about you? Well, I got to say, I had an unexpected but great experience over the holidays. Due to some minor vehicle snafus, we decided in very short order that we were in the market to get a new car. And I got to tell you, I did not have buy a new car on the bingo card for 2021. But when it came time to get a new car, I immediately thought of my friends at Shimcat Motors. And I say my friends because you may recall we featured them back in episode 125 when God, they were the, kind of... The ramp, enough, right? The ramp. The, exactly. They were kind enough to allow my niece, who was turning six, to drive their golf cart or ride on their golf cart across the ramp in front of their dealership where they display vehicles. You know, they drive a vehicle up and they park it on top of the ramp. All she wanted for her birthday was to drive the vehicle across the ramp. So here we get to the end of the year. I realize I want to buy a new car. I want to buy it quickly. I want to get it. I don't want to mess around with going to 78 dealers in the month of December to try to find something out. As you may or may not know, if you've been paying attention to the news, it's kind of hard to find cars these days. I knew what I wanted. I wanted a used car. I wanted a specific uh, used car. So I found one and went there. And total, from the time I walked in the door to the time I walked out with the car was under two hours. And there was no messing around. And they were absolutely delightful. And I actually said to them, the reason I am here is because you took great care of my niece on her birthday. Oh, and I thought you were going to say the reason I was here is because I heard about you on the experience this show. That's <laughs> what you're supposed to say. What was great is the guy said to me, he's like, oh my gosh, I remember your niece. She's the one who wanted to ride across the arch, the wall, right? I said, exactly. And we just had this great moment and the manager of the store came out and he was like, hey, I love that you featured us on your podcast. I was like, oh, I'm so glad you listened to the show and heard the episode. So long story short, friends, when you create remarkable experiences, it leads to more revenue. Now, that was not a revenue-generating activity when they let my niece ride across the wall on her birthday. And my brother was not buying a car during that time and hasn't bought one since. But when I had to buy a car, they were the first ones I thought of. So great experiences during the holidays, getting things kicked off right. I want to segue a little bit, though, to an experience that was, well, I'm not going to say it was bad, but it could have been so much better. And before I get into this too much... Let me begin by setting my belief that customer experience begins before you are a customer. Now, I want to share an email that I received the other day and see what you think of it, Dan. Here's the email. Hello, Joey. I listened to your episode on the Learning Leader Show and really liked the sound of what you are doing. Has it led to much traction and specifically media coverage for you? I'd like to discuss how I can work with you to secure some national and global press coverage for your work. I don't charge up front. Don't worry. 
My team is specialized in working with founders and high growth businesses who have thought leadership to share with the press. And I'd be happy to talk you through some examples of what we've done for similar businesses to yours. See, seeing my colleague Shane, if you'd like to talk, let me know. Shirley. And then it says the name of the communications firm that she works at, which I've redacted as is our policy here on the experience of the show when the experience is potentially less than positive. So Dan, what do you think of that email? Oh, sign me up, man. Immediately. I'm sold. (laughs) All right. Anything jump out at you as being curious about that email or anything that makes it... Is that the kind of email you'd respond to? Well, first of all, I'm interested to know uh, what is the Learning Leader Show and were you actually on it? Great question. So the Learning Leader Show is actually a fantastic podcast run by my good buddy, Ryan Hawk. We featured some of his books here on Experience This. Ryan's a great guy. It is a great show. And I was a guest on the show. So they kind of got my attention with that first sentence. Okay, yeah. So that part I think is pretty good because it does mean they know who the heck you are. Uh, You know, the... The securing the media coverage, first of all, I think one of the issues is we, we don't know whether that's something you're even looking for or interested in. So Correct. it's kind of skipped over that piece. The don't charge up front part was sort of s- a little smarmy. That, that, I, I mean, I don't know what that means. They're going to overcharge later. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got no idea. So there were a couple of warnings. There are a couple of little things that you know. But wait, I was very pleased though that she that that she cc'd Shane though. That was oh, yes, exactly great good. that she, great that Shane got involved. Okay. Since he's been involved, everything's been great. Everything's been great. So here's the fascinating thing. No kidding. Fourteen minutes later, I looked at the timestamp in the email inbox. Before I had a chance to reply to the first message, I received another message. The message read as follows: "Hello, Joey." I read your piece on Disrupt Africa and really like the sound of what you're doing. Has it led to much traction and specifically media coverage for you? (laughs) I'd like to discuss how I can work with you to secure some national and global press coverage for your work. I don't charge up front. Don't worry. Please make it stop. Please make it stop. My team is specialized in working with founders and high growth businesses who have thought leadership to share with the press. And I'd be happy to talk you through some examples of what we've done for similar businesses to yours. CCing my colleague Shane... If you'd like to talk, let me know. Thanks, Courtney, not Shirley, who sent the first email. This email is from Courtney. Same communications firm. Oh, but at least, at least your buddy Shane's still a part of it. So no, that, that's going to make it feel good. I love it. Okay, so oh, here's the thing, gosh. folks. I get it. Mistakes happen. But there are some big problems with this type of solicitation. And Dan, you cited a couple of them at the outset. Let's dive in a little bit deeper. So I loved the personalization, calling out the podcast that I had been on. I did not like the faux personalization. So you said I was on the podcast, which you can find with a Google search of my name. But you didn't say anything about the show. It's clear you didn't listen to the show. You didn't have any takeaways from the show. I don't know respectfully, what Disrupt Africa is. I don't do a lot of guest blog posts. I don't write a lot of stuff that appears on different posts. So there may be something about me out there, but let's just say it's not something that I'm familiar with or it's been Hold repurposed on. Googling from somewhere else. Joey Coleman Disrupt yeah. Africa. There, there may be something. I mean, check it. I, I didn't check it. Maybe there is something, but I wasn't a big fan of what I will call the faux personalization. And as you think about creating solicitations that are coming out of the blue or cold emails for prospective customers, I love personalizing, but make it actual personalization, 
not faux personalization. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like getting an email that says "Dear First Name," right? And it's like, okay, when they mess up the first name, like it doesn't sure. actually, you know. And and so we know we understand at this point in time, we've all gotten enough emails to know that that is a variable that is supposed to mean personalization, but it isn't. It's faux, as you mentioned, and it's just a matter of you know we're going to try to put the person's name in so that it sounds like we're really writing it to them. But if you don't show anything that you know about the person or anything else, it, it's pretty easy to see through these things. I, again, as I mentioned, there, she, there, she was very... Both of them were very presumptive about the fact that that national and global press coverage is something that you're looking for or it's even on your radar. And I think a better approach would have been to form that at least in the form of a question. To say, <laughs> have you been interested in obtaining more national global press coverage? I mean, for... For all they know about you, you're on CNN every week. They're not going to know, right? Because they haven't spent any time looking them up. <laughs> They've been reading posts on Disrupt Africa and listening to episodes of The Learning Leader Show. Which, by the way, The Learning Leader Show, again, as I say, great podcast. And Disrupt Africa may be a wonderful blog. But again, you're absolutely right. This whole desire that, or this belief that everyone would want national and global press coverage, not something I'm actually interested in. You know, I also found it presumptive that they addressed my price objections. You know, you hinted at this earlier, Dan, when you say, I don't charge up front, so don't worry. Well, what you've just done is made me devalue the services you're going to provide even more. Like you're going to offer a free trial in something like global press coverage on an initial volley? Wait till I object. Let me even know ballpark what we're talking about here before you presume that I'm going to have an issue with your pricing. You know what all this reminds me of, Joey? I don't think we've actually ever shared this on our show, but I'm going to share it right now just because you brought it up. Joey and I get countless emails. (laughs) I I love that you're bringing this up. This happens all the time. Countless emails from public relations professionals. And I don't mean to slam on public relations professionals, but it just happens to always be from PR people. I think we should say PR people because respectfully, they're not actually professionals because public relations professionals know not to do this. Okay, fair enough. Well, we get a whole lot of emails from PR people who want to suggest so-and-so or such-and-such CEO to be a guest on the Experience This Show. Now... Uh, For those of you for whom it's your first episode, this might be new news to you. But for our loyal listeners, you probably know by now, we don't have guests on this show. Yeah, we're not an interview show. There's nothing wrong with interview shows, but we made the decision a long time ago not to do that. Now, do we occasionally include a soundbite from a featured author or somebody who has a unique story to tell or a listener who calls in and shares their experience? Absolutely but we're not looking to do interviews with anyone. And what would it take, Dan, for someone to figure that out? Listening to an episode. And it becomes... Single episode. Yeah, (laughs) and it becomes... And then it's immediately clear to both me and Joey that they haven't done that and they don't know anything about our show. And, And similarly here, Joey, you know, they don't understand your business. They just threw in some keywords about high growth companies and saying that it must be similar to yours. And that, my guess, is doesn't necessarily... resonate with you. And it's just so generic that it's not... Again, it's it's very similar to the first one. It's faux personalization. Absolutely. You know, friends, this is clearly templated. But more importantly, this type of communication, I believe, is the antithesis of PR. 
PR is about intrigue. It's about getting attention. It's about making people curious. Respectfully, I was none of those things after receiving either of these emails. So well, I'm just impressed that you read them both. Yeah. And I, I'm just saying, I mean, I don't know, uh, you know, we haven't scripted this, but I know you, Joey, and I am guessing, I'm just guessing that they might've gotten an email back from you. Oh, you know me quite well. Because here's the thing. I love a teachable moment. You know, this drives my children crazy and maybe I should step back from this, but there's a part of me that believes the best about people. And I sometimes think that folks have the best intention, but they may not realize they're doing something that is not having the impact they desire. So I decided to send a message back. And here's what I wrote. Hey, Courtney, thanks for your message. I've CC'd Shirley here as I just replied to her inquiry about 15 minutes ago, which was as follows. And I quoted her message. As I imagine you've noticed, it's the same message you sent with Disrupt Africa swapped in for Learning Leader Show. I'm not sure that this approach of a find and replace is working for you and Shirley, but having received two of these templated messages in a row doesn't really lead me to have confidence that your approach will be personalized or effective when reaching out to secure publicity on my behalf. Just wanted to offer that perspective. Wishing you the best going forward, Joey. P.S. Sorry for filling your inbox, Shane. Since everyone else seems to be CCing you for some reason, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, here's the thing. Was my message a little snarky? Maybe. Was my intention to give honest and hopefully useful feedback? Absolutely. Friends, your customer experience starts before someone becomes a customer. The interactions you have with a prospective customer dramatically impact the experience and expectations they will have as a customer. So if you're going to cold email solicit prospects in the hope of turning them into paying customers, please take the time to make it personal, to research your recipient, to provide value in the first exchange, and to make sure you're not presumptuous in your approach. That's the way to create a remarkable customer experience before they're even a customer. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. In December, one of the seminal names in customer experience released a book, and I wanted to savor it before talking about it on the show. The book is called Winning on Purpose, The Unbeatable Strategy of Loving Customers, and is written by Fred Reichelt. Now, you may not know Fred's name immediately, but I guarantee that our listeners are familiar with his most famous invention, the Net Promoter Score. We've spoken about Net Promoter Score, or NPS for short, dozens of times over the last eight seasons, but most recently in episode 146, where we ranked our top five customer experience metrics, including Net Promoter Score. Which is part of the reason why I thought that a deeper dive into NPS would make sense, as well as checking in on the creator of Net Promoter Score almost 20 years later to see what he thought about the metric that he had created and how it's being used today. Let's hear his thoughts on the current state of the Net Promoter Score and what Fred Reicheld thinks of applying his metric in 2022 and beyond. Here's Fred with an overview of his brand new book, Winning on Purpose. Fortune magazine recently reported that over two-thirds of the large companies in the world now use Net Promoter, which might seem like a tremendous accomplishment given that I invented Net Promoter less than two decades ago. 
But in fact, I'm quite embarrassed by how it's being applied by most companies. So many companies are now begging for scores, obsessing on the score as opposed to using the feedback to get better and learn how to serve customers. Too many link it to compensation of frontline executives inappropriately. Winning on purpose is going to get the net promoter revolution back on track, I hope, and get it back to its core essence. We originally were going to call it net lives enriched. Of all the lives I've touched, how many are enriched, how many diminished? Those are promoters and detractors. That is the essence that we're after. And what I hope I can demonstrate is the companies that are using net promoter effectively are leaving the others in the dust. We looked at the shareholder return of the NPS leaders from the Ultimate Question 2.0, and on average, they have beat the stock market by 500%, five times the rate of total shareholder return over the decade. What's the magic? Well, there are a lot of specific elements that we lay out in Net Promoter 3.0, but I say the essence of the difference is the leaders of the companies who are NPS leaders love their customers. They believe their primary purpose is to enrich the lives of customers. Yes, they have to treat all the stakeholders well, but customers come first. And that, it turns out, is a radical position. When we ask executives across a broad array of companies why their company exists, what its primary purpose is, only 10% say customers are number one. Most think either it's create value for investors or a balanced duty to all stakeholders. But you know, what you find out is you can't do any of those, those stakeholders and serve their interests unless your customers love doing business with you and come back for more and bring their friends. Kickstart that loyalty flywheel, which is the core of all profitable growth. That is my goal for Net Promoter. You'll hear stories and examples and evidence that I think your shareholders, your board of directors, your colleagues are going to need to understand. I absolutely agree with Fred. This book is full of great stories and examples that offer so many takeaways and implementable learnings. And you and I talk about this a lot, Joey, that you know we love the books that certainly tell us stories and inspire us, but it's those takeaways, the things that we can go act upon immediately that are so important. And you know, I appreciated that Fred called out one of the biggest challenges with these types of metrics. And that's that companies are gaming the system in order to get the results they want. So true, Dan. Uh, I recently made a purchase and the salesperson told me that I'd be, quote, receiving a call from corporate asking me to rate my experience on a scale of 1 to 10. And if I really wanted to do him a favor, I'd score him a 10. Now, needless to say, that request was a less than 10 interaction for sure, which made me not want to score him highly and frankly made me skeptical of how the data is going to be used internally within that organization. I think we've all had experiences like that where you almost feel compelled to give the guy the top score just so that they'll leave you alone. And of course, that then doesn't really help in terms of creating relevant metrics for the company. Now, while there are some great examples in the book from customer favorites like Amazon, Peloton, Warby Parker, and my own alma mater, Discover, I particularly enjoyed a discussion of Costco and decided to share that as my favorite passage. Now, I'm paraphrasing a bit here to shorten this case study of love Costco style. 
The CEO of Costco shared a story with two chapters. First, Costco's buyers negotiated a great deal on Calvin Klein jeans. The retailer followed its long-standing pricing policy of marking up everything 14%, except its private label Kirkland brand, which gets marked up 15%. This policy not only minimizes complexity in running the store, but also earns trust from customers who can rely on Costco never to play games through high-low pricing and promotion gimmicks. Well, the price that Costco negotiated on the Calvin Klein jeans was so low that the standard 14% markup translated into a retail price of $29.99. Since these same jeans were priced at $59.99 at major retailers, Costco's jeans sold like hotcakes and quickly disappeared from the shelves. Then Costco learned that an additional 1 million pairs of jeans were available and this time, the Costco buyers negotiated an even lower price, which made possible a retail price of $22.99, which included the standard 14% markup. The sages of Wall Street got wind of this and began complaining that Costco's management was acting irresponsibly. The stores had already sold out the product at $29.99. So why not price this new lot at least at $29.99 and keep the extra $7 per pair to boost profits? The autopilot policy of 14% markups, the sages complained, was leaving at least $7 million on the table. The CEO stuck to his guns, offering this explanation. Quote, Our members trust us to pass along every saving to the customer. Any exception to this, well, it would be like taking heroin. Once you start it, you can't stop doing it. And it would change the whole nature of the company. Unquote. You gotta love a passage that implies doing the wrong things to your customers as being the same as taking heroin. I love this story. It totally reiterates the slippery slope of deviating from your commitments, especially to your customers. Because once you start slipping, it's easy to go downhill fast. Now, building on this discussion of dollars and cents, I think it's timely to share the author, Fred Reichelt's favorite passage, which comes from chapter two of Winning on Purpose. Fred's purposeful theory of investing. Based on my theory that the best growth engines are fueled by customer loyalty, I have been investing in NPS leaders for many years. These companies live by the credo of Fred, foster recommendation, eliminate detraction. To showcase the results of this investment strategy, I created the Fred Stock Index, the Fredzy, which tracks the total shareholder return for the portfolio of companies that achieve the highest NPS in their industry sector. In other words, the customer love winners. I began the index with the 11 NPS leaders identified in the research behind the Ultimate Question 2.0, and the results are astonishing. I have generated returns over three times the market average over the past decade. Ooh, I love the data. Just by tracking the best NPS companies in the stock market, you could 3x the average returns. Customer experience does pay, my friends. I have seen this chart before. And this, to me, is the one chart you should bring your CEO if, or anybody else that says that customer experience is a soft skill or that they don't understand how it contributes to the bottom line. This is it, folks. Well, and listen, this is probably the one chart you should bring to your next meeting with your financial advisor when you're thinking about your investment strategies for the year to come. But, you know, it's not just return on investment when it comes to customer experience, Dan. We often talk on this show about the connection between employee experience and customer experience. And I was excited to see that Fred has seen that same connection in his work. 
My favorite passage comes from the end of the book where Fred notes that, quote, great companies help people lead great lives. They are a force for good. Great leaders build and sustain such communities. They inspire team members to forge lives of meaning and purpose through service to others. Service not merely satisfactory, but so thoughtful, creative, and caring that it delights customers and enriches their lives. End quote. If you're ready to make 2022 the best year for your business yet in terms of both customer experience and employee experience, make sure to go pick up a copy of Fred Reichelt's book, Winning on Purpose, The Unbeatable Strategy of Loving Customers, where you'll discover even more ways to create meaningful and lasting connections with your customers. Today's review of the show comes from iTunes and our loyal listener, E.E. Hurst. It's titled, Best CS Podcast for Me and the Kids, and reads as follows. I wanted to say thank you so much for this awesome podcast. It's now part of my regular routine to listen to it on my drive to work every Wednesday morning. It's also the only podcast I listen to that the kids don't complain about. Woohoo! Thanks, kids! They even dance to the little jingle at the beginning. Thanks to the information and recommendations from this podcast, I was able to land my dream job of Director of Customer Success for my favorite company in the whole world. I can't thank you enough. Oh, that is amazing. Oh, gotta love that review. I gotta say thank you so much, E.E. Hurst. And hello to the kids if you're listening. Please send an email to joeyc at joeycoleman.com so we can send you a little surprise as a thank you for your kind review and for being such a great listener to the show. And speaking of reviews, we hope you'll reach out to share your review or thoughts about the show as well. Now, how do you do that? Well, friends, it's pretty easy. Since you enjoy the show enough to keep listening, just zip over to lovethepodcast.com slash experience this. That's lovethepodcast.com slash experience this, where experience this is all one word, lowercase. Leave us a quick review. It's easy. It's fun. Just like commuting to work with a car full of kids. Dancing to customer experience podcast theme music. Come on, kids, let's dance. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? The other night I was listening to a conversation between two of my brothers as they were talking about the best places to buy ski equipment. Now, I wasn't participating in this discussion. I was just seated at the dinner table while they were talking as one brother gave rave reviews for the Minnesota-based e-commerce company, The House. Have you ever heard of The House, Stan? Uh, I've heard of the big house in Michigan, uh, but no, I've never heard of the house. All right. Well, I hadn't ever heard of the house either, but based on the rave reviews that my brother was giving, I kind of filed it away as a place I might consider in the future if I needed to get some ski gear. Now, the conversation came and went, and to be honest, I didn't give it that much more thought until about three hours later, when as I was going to bed, an email came in. And I looked at the email and it was from PayPal with the subject line, get $10 off at the house. 
and then the following message. Number one, make a PayPal purchase of at least $100, excluding taxes and any other applicable fees, at the house by Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. When you pay with PayPal, we'll automatically apply this offer to your purchase, and your offer will show up on your PayPal email receipt. It may not be listed on the store receipt. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, back up with the truck a second here. So you got this email just a couple of hours after your brothers, not you, were talking about the house in a conversation that you were simply listening to. Correct. And I have never heard of the house before. I've never done business with them before. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I do have a PayPal account, but I have never received that I recall a promotion from PayPal offering me dollars off at a store that I've never shopped at. Yeah, that is freaky. Yeah. All about that. Freaky, freaky is one word. Scary, uh, weird, strange. I don't know. Now, let's be clear. We normally don't mention a brand by name when we've had a negative experience. And to be honest, I can't decide if this rose to the level of negative experience or not. But I will say it shifted my feeling about both of these brands, the house and PayPal. I went from being willing to check out the house in the future to somewhat leery or concerned as to what role, if any, they played in this email message. I also went from liking PayPal as an online payment tool to being a bit skeptical about how much they're listening to my conversations. Now, I know that Alexa and Siri and Facebook and other apps and other tools that I use are quote-unquote listening, but I didn't realize that PayPal was in that group. And that lack of realization on my part may have been naivete, but the resulting emotional feeling I had was not that positive. Well, I can understand that. I mean, it, it, it's very invasive. And yeah, I have ALEXAs all over the house and I am not naive. I understand that they are probably listening. And maybe that's what happened. I know you are a fan of ALEXA as well. By the way, guys, I spell it because if I say it, She's going to start talking while we're recording. And I always say it just to try to make Dan's turn on because I don't have one in the room where I record. Yes. So, uh, I mean, maybe that's what happened. But either way, that's not what should be happening. And there's obviously some, you know, various nefarious steps that would have to happen if that was the case, right? Is that, and I know, by the way, we're just to be fair, we're not saying this is happening. But let's just kind of walk through this for a moment. Let's say that ALEXA heard a discussion about the house. Well, they are owned by Amazon, which is not PayPal. Somehow that information would have had to get to PayPal, presumably by being sold. This would have had to happen very quickly with some automation so that PayPal could have very quickly turned around and created an email for you. This is all uncomfortable and scary. I agree. So what's the takeaway from this story? Well, the world of customer experience is evolving at a breakneck pace. And just because you can do something to connect with your customers in another way, like listening in and serving up targeted email offers based on their conversations, doesn't mean that you should. Every interaction you have with a prospect or a customer contributes to their overall experience of your brand. If you want to have positive experiences, make sure that the feeling of those interactions is in alignment with the feelings you're hoping to create. And where possible, always avoid emails that your customers could describe as creepy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. 
You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show, yay you. We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. Yes.